everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, Container Journal. You're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat features Brian Gracely from Red Hat. And Brian's going to kind of give us an update on what's happening in the world of Red Hat with OpenShift, Kubernetes, Cloud Native, etc. And um, I'm going to let him talk about it. Though first, let's introduce Brian. Hey, Brian, welcome to DevOps chat. Hey, Alan, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So, Brian, if you, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to do some heavy lifting and kind of introduce yourself to the audience and what you do with Red Hat. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, my my formal role at Red Hat is I'm Senior Director of Product Strategy for OpenShift. Uh, I've been with the team for about four years, so pretty much the whole time that OpenShift has been uh, around Kubernetes and the Kubernetes community. Um, I spend a lot of my time, I'm part of the product team. I spend a lot of my time uh, talking to our customers um, and then a decent amount of time with the, the open source community. So been around Kubernetes for a long time. Uh, really, it's a fun area and uh, excited to be on the show today. Absolutely. And, and Kubernetes is, it's a, beyond, I think it's fun because two things, Brian, and anyone who's been to KubeCon can, I think, verify this. The, the enthusiasm of the, of the community at KubeCon and other cloud native kind of events, and not just at events, but just the enthusiasm around building and making these tools better, is it's contagious. Absolutely, right? absolutely. I mean, you know, you don't, I go to a lot of conferences and, and I don't, you just don't feel that kind of buzz like you do at KubeCon. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Uh, it continues to grow. So, you know, there's always new people involved, new ideas coming along. Um, the innovation track and the innovation path is, is moving so quickly. So you're never, you're never bored with it. Even if, even if you've been sort of hardcore Kubernetes, uh, there's service mesh, there's serverless, there's all sorts of other things going on. Um, and, uh, you know, and most importantly, there's just so much customer demand for this stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it's always been real since day one and that, that makes it really fun. Sure. And, and also before my friend Dan Kahn, the executive director of CNCF calls me to, to just say QCon is doing it a disservice. It's also cloud native computing. Con, right? CNCF. right. Yep. And, and we shouldn't lose fact that, you know, because as you mentioned, the, the mesh stuff and all of this is around it. Um, we, 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 you know, KubeCon is, I always like to describe it this way, Brian. KubeCon is the aircraft, or Kubernetes is the aircraft carrier in CNCF. Right. But it's all, just like a real Navy fleet, there's a whole bunch of destroyers and cruisers and battleships and frigates and stuff all around it. That's right. And, um, and you know, it's the whole fleet that gets people excited. But let's also, you know, call the, the elephant in the room out. It's the fact that it's open. It's open source. And... You know, the open source community has been looking for a place to to get excited at for a long time. It's a lot of what drives Red Hat, right? And it's a lot of a lot of what has driven Red Hat to the tune of thirty-two billion dollars of IBM money and, and so forth, right? It's that that open source community is is vibrant, excited, and dynamic, and and I think the cloud native uh, folks have have been able to harness that. Yeah, and I think it's two things. I think you're right. It's it's the fact that it's open source. Um, I mean, Red Hat, that's our that's our DNA. That's our business model. Everything is is around you know open source communities and, and driving that. But I, I think just as important is 
uh, you know, the, the market has come to accept that technologies created in, in the open source way with these open communities is, is really the de facto of what they want. So it's, we're no longer having to explain to people why is it important for it to be open source. They're really now going, how do I consume all this really great innovation? We, we accept the fact that it's going to be developed by communities. We understand the fact that it's going to move very quickly. Um, and that's, you know, you put those two things together and it's, it's really kind of a powerful combination. Absolutely. Brian, I think we've done our fair share of advertising white people should go to UConn and CNCF. But let, let's talk a little bit, give them a reason why they should stop by the Red Hat booth. What's happening? What's happening in round Kubernetes containers or OpenShift with Red Hat? Yeah, a ton of stuff for us. I mean, you know, Red Hat has been really a leader in, in Kubernetes for, for four or five years now, OpenShift being our, our core platform. You know, a couple of things, just even in the last couple of months since the last KubeCon, um, we just shipped uh, our OpenShift 4.3 version, which, um, you know, is the, the version that includes uh, Kubernetes 1.16. Um, it includes a ton of updates around security. So uh, a lot of security capabilities, uh, FIPS capabilities, encryption capabilities that make it feasible for government deployments, um, a lot of uh, federally regulated um, industries. So we continue to be... Um, you know, really on the leading edge of, of a Kubernetes platform. And then beyond that, uh, like you said, just like the, the CNCF has Kubernetes as, a core, as its core and a lot of things kind of, you know, go along with it, um, that's the same way with our entire portfolio. So, for example, uh, we just shipped a um, completely overhauled um, what we call OpenShift container storage. So, native storage for Kubernetes um, that runs in OpenShift. So people that want to run stateful applications, stateless applications with, with localized storage, multi and hybrid cloud storage. Um, so that's now uh, you know, readily available and, and native for Kubernetes. Um, we just open sourced our Quay registry here in the last, say, month and a half. Um, so we acquired the Quay registry, which is probably the probably the largest and fastest registry in the industry. Um, it had always been available to people as a SaaS service or as a download. Um, it's now open source. So when we've always seen once you open source something, uh, you know, usage goes through the roof, new innovation goes through the roof. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then just a ton of things that we're working on that will probably be GA by the time people get to KubeCon or Red Hat Summit by the end of April, uh, we are doing a ton of new innovation around developer uh, experiences, uh, a ton of innovation around the service mesh, a ton of innovation around K-native serverless. So, um, you know, the, the train keeps rolling along and, and lots of lots of new things coming from us. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, we just did this uh, virtual conference earlier this week called Predict 2020, <laughs> you know, trying to take a look at the year ahead and beyond. And I think there were 14 sessions. Actually, one of them was from Red Hat. It was really good. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, Chief Security Officer or something from Red Hat. Um, but in any event, probably a quarter of the sessions dealt with Kubernetes and sure. cloud native. And what, it, I'm sorry, it was Mike Purcell, Chief ah. Security Architect. Of okay, Red great. And, um, Fantastic presentation, by the way. Just a little plug. Anybody want it's predict2020.io. That's 2020. It's still available on demand, and you could listen to Mike and 14 other great sessions. Um, but the, the, the thing about it is, wow, 
we, it's come so far. When we look at Kubernetes in 2019, my God, what a year of development. What a year of making it real. What a year of, of, of just, I mean, Kubernetes dominance, right? I can't think of another word. But yet, 2020 promises more. Yeah. Yet more, right? There's so many more things that we've got to do. You just hit a bunch of them. And you, and you hit some things that I want to, if you don't mind, if we can kind of explain a bit to the audience. Sure. One was K-Native. Right. Right? K-Native burst on the scene last year, but I think this might be the year where it goes big, right? So can you give our audience a little preview of what, what K-Native is and maybe how OpenShift and Red Hat is sure. putting in there? Sure. So, you know, a, a couple of interesting, important points around K-Native. So, you know, Kubernetes has never kind of formally had a a developer experience, if you will. Um, you know, there have been a number of projects that have added on top of Kubernetes to, to give you sort of a native developer experience. Um, K-Native kind of does two things. One, um, it tries to frame up what a, a native developer experience would be. How do I get code into Kubernetes? How do I make it run with kind of limited operational things that have to happen under the covers? Um, how do I integrate it with events so that I can do you know, more event-based applications and more modern applications. So it's really important in that uh, domain. And then the second thing is, uh, you know, Knative is really kind of targeting these sort of serverless or what you'd call function as a service types of applications, which, you know, if we've been following kind of the, even the broader cloud industry is, is getting so much buzz and we're seeing, you know, lots and lots of experimentation and some early adoption. So, you know, when you bring together this, this technology that's going to help us kind of help shape what, you know, more advanced developer experiences plus bring serverless to Kubernetes. Um, you know, Knative has the, the possibility to just be, you know, incredibly impactful in 2020. And the good news is, um, you know, it's moving out of betas. We're going to start to see uh, things get into GA. Um, I know on, on OpenShift, we call it OpenShift serverless. Um, we've had betas of this for a number of months. We're seeing customers begin to use it. So it's a really exciting um, sort of addition to the core part of Kubernetes and, and a place where we'll see a lot of innovation. Sure, sure. And, you know, the whole serverless thing is, is another thing that's ready to, I think, boil over. Uh, not, not just the K-Native aspect of it. Um, Brian, I wanted to talk a little bit about another thing that we to me, it was a big surprise in 2019, but I think it's going to be a, a bigger factor in 2020. And that is what multi-cloud versus hybrid cloud. And let me tell you what I mean. I, I think a lot of us expected the hybrid cloud to be dominant in that you would have a, you know, large, an enterprise that would have a public cloud infrastructure whether, you know, most of them are at AWS, but maybe it's at Microsoft or Google or what have you. And then they have a non-prem cloud infrastructure that needs yep. OpenShift, right? And that would be the dominant sort of dance, this hybrid cloud. Mm -hmm. But I think what we saw in 2019 and we're going to see in 2020 is that, no, it's multi-cloud, right? You still have on-prem cloud OpenShift, but you also have... Other clouds, right? They all these enterprises don't put all of their cloud eggs 
in one or two baskets. Right. Google, Google seems to do best for this kind of stuff. So let's have some stuff at Google. Mm -hmm. And for the kind of stuff that the Azure cloud does best, let's go to Azure. And, and you know, AWS and so on. And even, and quite frankly, the IBM cloud, though it's not you know, technically, I don't know if you call it public cloud, but, you know, nevertheless, another cloud that they're running. So you have organizations running three, four, five clouds. And, and to me, that that's probably a good thing for Red Hat and OpenShift, right? It, it's kind of a great use case for you guys. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think there's a couple of aspects to it. Obviously, so Red Hat has been talking about open hybrid cloud for, for a number of years. So the, the fundamental framework has always been part of our, our DNA, part of our kind of portfolio. Um, I, I think you're right. We, we, we heard about hybrid cloud for a long time. I mean, there are some, some very good use cases. I think most companies think of hybrid cloud as I will have some things on premises and then they think about the public cloud as just another kind of extension of that. I think what's become sort of interesting is, is two things and, and why we're hearing more about multi-cloud these days. The first one is, um, like you said, uh, you know, every cloud sort of has its own specialty. Where maybe, you know, Google, it's for AI and ML and for, uh, you know, for the other Azure or AWS, maybe it's the relationship they have with, with other parts of the business. It could be a geographic reach. Um, so that kind of comes into play as well. You know, different groups within an organization say, hey, we like that one. I think the other thing that, that people hadn't necessarily explored as much is I think a lot of companies, a lot of businesses are also taking a look at what is our relationship with these clouds and, and the parent companies of these clouds. And so in some cases, they're saying, well, you know, one cloud might be the leading cloud in terms of market share, but their parent company actually directly competes with my industry. And so, you know, what, what relationship do I want to have with that company? Um, is it one that I want to have that's cooperative? Is it one that I, I just don't want to work with them? Um, and, and we're seeing this across different industries. And, and that's another thing that's driving people to say, hey, um, you know, we might acquire somebody down the road. We may uh, move into a new market segment. We also have to keep that business relation thing uh, top of mind. And that's forcing companies to say, hey, uh, we should explore, uh, you know, secondary cloud, third cloud, other types of things. So um, it definitely does uh, play to the advantage of OpenShift being um, neutral, having the ability to help companies be in any cloud and give them a consistent experience across any cloud. Sure. So my next question, and you know, I'm not going to pull any punches, Brian. Sure, go ahead. I think when I look at Kubernetes and, and kind of cloud deployment scenarios, mm -hmm. and maybe it's just me, it just seems hard still. Like there's still a lot of polish that could be applied sure. here to make it easier for people to to truly do it you know, as easily as they spun up instances in a hypervisor, let's say. Right. Is it me? Is that the truth? And and what what do you think Red Hat OpenShift has that can help ease that for people? Yeah, I, I think it's a fair observation. I mean, we, we are still, um, I mean, Kubernetes is just sort of barely five years old. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's still built. Again, the open source model has always been about um, you know, build kind of broad strokes functionality. Um, and then, you know, vendors or different clouds will take that and kind of, kind of polish it up. So we're, we're still somewhat in that phase of, of how do we, like you said, polish it up? How do we make it simpler? I, I think our approach with OpenShift has always been that um, we want to make sure that 
kind of everything people need, not just Kubernetes, but the developer experience, uh, operations tools, uh, dev tools, pipeline integration, those are all sort of there on day one. Um, people have some ability to, to tweak them and kind of make them pluggable. But I think that's one of the biggest things that we found is if you just take kind of the, the raw building blocks from the community or even the raw building blocks from the public cloud, you're still having to do a lot of platform building, a lot of platform kind of polishing. Um, and, you know, probably our, our number one uh, value add is that we, we bring all those things for customers on day one, and then we maintain them going forward, right? And when you, you know, people forget Kubernetes has new releases that come out every three months, every quarter. And, and most organizations aren't really well prepared to deal with that pace of innovation. They don't, they don't update their infrastructure every three months. They might do it every 12 months or 18 months. Um, so seeing all these new things coming to them and then having to think about integrating them every, every few months, um, yeah, that, that, is a, that is a daunting task. And, and it's one of those things that, that we just do by default with OpenShift. So um, you know, I, I think we've moved that ball forward and, and I think we'll, we'll continue to see the community sort of move the ball forward and, and we'll move with them. Agreed, agreed. Um, you know, we're almost out of time, Brian, and I apologize. I'm just looking okay. at the clock. And boy, this went quick. So I want to make sure, is there any, any other Red Hat sort of news that we may have missed or we went off on a tangent and left, left kind of orphaned? Yeah, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little bit of a teaser because I know you're doing some of these for, uh, for, for KubeCon and, and CloudNativeCon and people want to know what's coming in the future. Um, we did a, a demonstration uh, in San Diego on the, in one of the keynotes um, that was showcasing really 5G, uh, the new 5G sort of calling systems, phone systems integrated with Kubernetes. And that was really just sort of a, a teaser of some things to come. Um, I think we're, we're seeing a lot of, lot of interest in Kubernetes at the edge, at the 5G edge. Sometimes it's called the, the near edge. Sometimes it's the far edge. I think you're going to see a lot of really interesting things happen uh, with Kubernetes in 5G over the next you know, couple of months, uh, a bunch of announcements probably, and then you're going to see a, a huge uptake in, in interest from, from the telco industry and, and other industries that want to put 5G applications on the edge. That makes sense. And um, I mean, just for people listening, so the next KubeCon, CloudNativeCon is... Um, it's going to be in April. It's the end of March, early April, yeah. Right, right. Over so, yeah. in Amsterdam. Right. And uh, Digital Anarchist, our video platform. We'll be there broadcasting live. And Brian, maybe we can uh, grab you or some of the Red Hat folks. That would be great. Yeah, we'd love to come on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe even, you know, we could show some demo or something. Absolutely. Live yeah. from there. Well, we're going to make it to Amsterdam. Yeah, one, one last little plug I'll give for anybody coming to Amsterdam. Um, you know, one of the great things that the CNCF now does, even before KubeCon, is they have a day that people can really dive deep into things. Um, we host, yeah, well, I mean, it, there's all sorts of like days. Now there's service mesh day and K native day. Oh yeah. Okay. We hold something that we call OpenShift commons, which is really fundamentally focused on OpenShift customers in the community kind of coming together, sharing stories. So if you are a OpenShift customer, or you're, you're interested in it. If you're going to be in Amsterdam, it's a great chance to meet other people in the community that are building the technology, using the technology, and we'd, we'd encourage anybody to come. And um, openshift.org has all the, the details on it. So we'd love to see people if they are in Amsterdam. 
Sure. So in San Diego at the last KubeCon, that was the one like on a ship or something. In the yeah, harbor. absolutely. Yeah, we had a, yeah, so That was great. pretty cool. Yep. Okay. Um, sounds great, Brian. And uh, I, I got an invite to the last one. I'll have an invite to the next one. Yeah, you should come. Your your old friend John, your old friend John Willis will be there, and John's not sure. wearing red hat. Andrew so. Clay Schaefer, John, and yeah, Kevin Bear and Jake Bloom, and the rest of the team. All the smart yeah. folks. Yeah, exactly. All, so. all the smart folks. Exactly. Hey, Brian, this was the longest fifteen minutes you've ever done. Huh? It goes quick. Um, yeah. I apologize keeping you this long, but I think we got some good stuff. I think people are interested. Um, you know, there's so much going on in Kubernetes. There's so much going on in OpenShift and Red Hat. Yep. So I'm, I'm glad we had John here. Maybe we'll have you. We could do something again before KubeCon. We'll do a, a, a sure. big KubeCon preview. Yeah, sure. Happy to do it. So appreciate the time and uh, enjoyed the conversation. All righty. Right. Um, Brian Gracely, OpenShift Red Hat. Thanks for joining us on this episode of DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel, and you've just listened to the DevOps Chat.